0: And now Iran now is giving up some of the hela gains I mean it's now at 1685 so a lot can still happen for it to go back to 17. so I think I what we need to understand is confirms that this fuel prices continue to fluctuate depending on what happens to the rent and to oil prices and it has just been so unfortunate because we've just been getting increases increases so yeah this time around, we hope now, if a relief has to come, as we expect one, that hopefully the rent will continue to strengthen and emphasising um, the rent, because that's at least something that we might be able to do something around it. And I know we had that debate mainly at some point, could there be a the portion of the rent weakness that the government could do better to make sure that it strengthens. But when it comes to oil prices, there's nothing much that our government can do.
1: And indeed, that is the truth. I mean, just um, a lot of people calling for the deregulation of the fuel price. We also did see um, the Ministry of Re- Mineral Resources and Energy gazetting a price cap for 93. I, I don't know, Mark what car you drive. Uh, or unless in that Datsun of yours, you still put in
0: 93. <laughs> but nobody knows for a fact that the market for 93 is just so small and they don't expect to see some serious disruption. But... Apparently, the guys are using that as a way of a pilot to see what's going to be happening before they can go to the bigger market and say, you are 95 and you are diesel. So, I think for now, it's just more of experimenting, you know, with the 93. And as you said, giving good it just gets to be used by very few people. The likes of us are still driving those old cars.
1: Yeah, and I guess, I mean, just with this price cap, I'm, I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. Um you know, we talk so little about price controls that you we kind of end up forgetting how it is that they work. Ganya Ganya, what's happening here, Mark, with the price cap?
0: You as a supplier, you'll remember petrol yelling and all over. Mm. You know? Now they're allowing you as a supplier to pass over whatever benefits that might be there. So now we know looks ilocult that Uh, It depends on how many liters you do, how much money you are making, because some of these uh, guys are just running, just making it, you know, not making huge money out of that. And I think the small players will struggle when it comes to that, but the big guys can easily afford to pass over and say, you know what, I can do away with X amount, you know, out of the price to attract more volumes. And I think it's going to be a question of, you get more volumes, and then that way you'll be able to close whatever gap. Everything it is now, unlike diesel, diesel you are allowed, as we know, is not regulated, you know, to say, okay, those guys are charging 50 cent more, the others are charging 60 cent less, stuff like that. So that's basically what they're trying to do with petrol as well. As we know, good diesel prices are not the same for mm-hmm. my stations. So basically, they hope... That whatever that is there can get to be passed over to the end user. But the question continues to be have we seen the free market system working efficiently? Something that is still debatable.
1: Hmm. Now, you know, here's the other dynamic, I guess, that um, I'm quite interested in. And let's stay in the world of fuel. In Nigeria, now we know Nigeria is the largest producer of the black stuff on the continent, they're a member of the oil producing nations that cartel OPEC. Uh, but they're also dealing with uh, pipeline theft. So, oil, uh, before it even is able to get to the petrol <laughs> stations. What effectively is happening here? I mean, one pipeline, which is able to, um you know, pump hundreds of thousands of barrels a day, is, how should I say this, is poked in more than 135 places.
0: Yeah. Basically, that 180,000 barrels per day, it's almost 15% of your consumption when it comes to Nigeria. it's huge. Number two, we know Nigeria, as you said, it has been struggling to increase its output as much as we see other members of OPEC have been allowed to increase their output. But Nigeria has been failing to do that. So many... Even before people could even steal that oil, the guys could not even produce to their full capacity. That itself tells you that without even stealing that oil, the guys were not making good money and there were no good investments. So it continues to be an issue when it comes to Nigeria that all these rebels, all these fightings, for them to be able to raise the necessary money to go and buy whatever they need to buy, the guys will continue to steal that oil. And we know that is the biggest commodity for them. But it gets complicated because now it starts affecting the economy as it is. Look what is happening to their currency what is happening to their inflation. Apparently, even people are going to the extent of piling up on cryptocurrency because of the falling currency. And we know we had that discussion good you know sometimes your currency gets to be weakened because of the economic fundamentals of that particular country. So it's just a very, very dim, dim situation when it comes to Nigeria.
1: And then of course the implication of this, um I mean we know Nigeria is no. in very, very fraught you know. times. I mean there's an election coming up, there's um Uh, The OPEC dynamic, one would have thought they should have been benefiting massively from the uh, better than expected fuel prices for them as a producer.
0: Fiscals will continue to struggle. Every company will continue to promise the guys that they will do better and make sure they get out of the current situation. They will promise the guys that, listen, we're not going to go out there and raise debt. As the other guys have been doing, we'll make sure that we tune or fine tune our economy and benefit from the natural resources that we have as an economy. But here we're talking politicians that are able or capable of saying anything they want to say as long as they can win the votes. We had a discussion saying that people are even going to the black market to get the dollars, whatever it is, to be able to buy the votes. And it's something that is known. So politicians, they're definitely right on that to say, listen, we'll improve the economic situation. And ever since, I've never seen the economy improve when it comes to Nigeria. I mean, back home here, we know we've got our struggles, but uh, sometimes, where we had some few good years. But when it comes to Nigeria, it has always been a struggle. And as you are saying, the guys are missing out on a very good opportunity of high oil prices, but I guess it happens to most African countries because even Asia Pekom will continue to lose when it comes to the commodity boom because of all our issues that we have Pekom whether it's transportation or it's licensing, whatever it is. But we we'll continue to miss out on the good prices. And these prices are not there forever.
1: Talk about missing out on good prices. Uh, this afternoon, I think late in the afternoon, I also saw the translated numbers coming out. Uh, yeah, what do you make of that? I mean, just briefly.
0: The, which one? Transnet, yeah. Uh, Transnet, the thing that you've seen is that they, for the first time, I think the guys have got a very clean audit I think after five years or so. Mm. And I think she, she's doing a good job so far. Money nothing, nothing that has been flagged. You know, irregularity, stuff like that. And that tells you and confirms that there is some black excellence in this country. Not everyone who's running a state-owned enterprise, Mm. they don't know what they're doing. So we still have good people who can still do a good work. Mm. And uh, I think we can write on that going forward.
1: Yeah, full-year revenue up 1.8% to uh, just over 68 billion and a net profit of 5 billion rand for the last financial year, notwithstanding all of these issues, uh, Mark, that uh, you've been mentioning. Uh, But let's go, uh, I guess, to the consumer goods sector, the people who give us... Anything from INJ, Fish, to um, Five Roses Tea, to Cavella, to, you know, uh, what's, the, what's the other brand? The Gant, uh, Lanthric, all manner of things. Diversified Pro consumer goods player, yeah, Pro Vitas as well. Uh, they came out with the end numbers and, uh, yeah, as I read the sense announcement, um, there's a lot in here. Group revenue up four point three percent on the back of yep. improved sales volumes, but also uh, being able, I guess, to pass on many price increases or input increases onto the consumer.
0: Yeah, and you know those sales volume increase and or the improvement thereof, and the price increases help to offset the significant cost pressures. But higher, a tough macroeconomic environment for customers The July raises the substantial challenges when it comes to supply chain. Globally and back operational disruptions because of load shedding and material input cost inflation. All that underscored a very difficult financial year for the group. But apart from ING, revenue growth was achieved. I mean was achieved in all categories with demand. To, I mean when you look at the snack works, tea and COF, etc. And generally, there is resilience. When it comes to that, you know it shows good, even if they increase prices, people continue to buy and you guys, apparently, with the easing of lockdown, that helped to increase the personal care revenue and i m g revenue we know, and Oceana also said it i mean a week back or so, the lower fish volumes impacted them, and also a stronger rent when it comes to export revenue but Good pricing and demand, especially in some key Asian markets, that probably helps them.
1: And I guess, you know, the the other issue that I'm quite interested in when it comes to AVI, I mean, you are operating in so many different spaces, right? All of it, yes, yeah. is consumers. You're trying to get a bigger share of the wallet of the consumer. But the cost drivers are different. I mean, the cost drivers in the footwear yes. sector are fundamentally different to the cost drivers in ProVita. Um, yeah. How have they managed that side of things, internal selling price inflation?
0: It continues to be difficult because, number one, they have to make some hedging. They have to be disciplined when it comes to hedging because, as you are saying, the cost drivers are different, meaning they're also coming from different uh, angles, and then even the raw materials that gets to be used. And then also, you can look at their net finance cost were higher because of the higher average debt levels, and why? Because of interest rates that have been high. So, As a result, you have to be disciplined when it comes to hedging and also be careful when it comes to price increases because you get other products where you are able to pass over the price increase because people are looking for that particular product. But when it comes to the other things, take your cavelas. You don't have a reason to increase prices. People are not compelled. But when it comes to five roses, ISA, here, you know, when it comes to coffee, people continue to drink that. And remember, the food part of things, we continue to have more than 50% of our people spending more than 50% of their disposable income on food.
1: Yeah, we all got to eat, I guess. Uh, We all got (laughs) to eat. Just, um, I mean, what do you make, I guess, of how the markets have uh, responded to this? Um, I mean, I saw uh, 2.5% up uh, the shares were um, as markets closed just... uh, Two hours and 30 minutes ago. Uh, What did you make of how the markets received this set of numbers? Um, And also, I guess, uh, some of the issues on the fishing side of things, INJ. You
0: know, on the day where the market ended flat, I mean, to have people coming with this kind of results and you still see markets say, okay, yes, your revenue was not that great, up only, I want to call it 4.3%. Yeah, it's an update anyway, it's backward looking, but not too bad. Because if you look at their profit and headline its per share, they're expected to go up by seven percent.
1: And then, Mark, well, the other story, I guess, uh, that uh, certainly uh, is interesting all of us: uh, the maize crop, uh, maize harvest uh, expected to be down by a tenth from last year, uh, and uh, this is going to have a massive domino impact on many prices, not just the prices of Mpogorko uh, or you know the maize meal that goes into Mpogorko upu to But also, I guess, uh, yeah, the main protein source for many poor working class households, poultry.
0: Very interesting, because if you look at the soybeans, you know, I mean, they've just been revised up by 3% because of good weather. Now, you ask yourself that when it comes to maize or yes, because our weather, I I don't think we had a better weather, you know, for the past 12 months. It was not that terrible, but yes, they will be down, and I think it's a half-half almost 7.4 and the other one 7.2 for um, yellow maize that mainly gets to be used as animal feed but that tells you that the whole issue about food security continues to be with us and let alone the russia ukraine issues because that's an input cost, especially when you look at yellow base. Then it's easy now for people to continue to increase prices. So, and also in the environment where interest rates are going up, so it's not a nice situation. Something needs to be done, and probably we have to take this whole thing of food security more serious. That there might be issues about logistics, but back home here, it's not logistic issues. We are just complaining about the wider part the maize guys might be wrong. The guys are not making as much investment as they're doing, especially when it comes to technology. Mm. When you compare them with the other guys, whether it's citrus guys or the soybean guys, I think the guys, when it comes to technology, they're not investing Why?
1: that much. Why would you say that, Or What might account for that?
0: Because if you look at other industries, you know, technology continues to play a major role. Mm. So, they appreciate and they have to live with the times. Not to say good the agriculture is still that old thing. Good to you know, you just plant and you wait for rain. Mm-hmm. I mean, soybeans is an example. For the uh, crops to be revised up by 3%, and they're using the same weather?
1: I guess, Mark. Uh, but I think the point you're making is
0: but very critical. Not, yeah. Technology helped them yeah, to be yeah. able to do that.
1: I think the point you're making is critical, that uh, questions of the productivity of capital um, or capital invested in the maize sector I think is something that uh, bears some interrogation um, just largely because of the impact that it has on households and feed costs across the economy um, and I find it rather unsettling that uh, you know the people who sort of have the massive volumes downstream are the people who are not making those uh, investments uh, and I've, you know, If we had a substitute, I mean, if you could make Mpohoko from soya, then hey, who knows? But uh, clearly we don't.
0: No, definitely don't. And I think that this whole thing, it's one of the old crops, you know, and we know it's a stable food, you know, Mm. stuff like that. So I I, I don't know, but my thing is they still have to invest a lot when it comes to technology so that at least they can realize some benefits going forward. I'm
1: going to tell you something interesting, Makwe. Uh, You know, the last time I had a discussion with Abandaballimayo, you know, where I come from. And we were talking about this white maize versus yellow maize story. So, yes. you know, the day I learned about suffix, um, I think I was in a classroom, third year finance or something. And I was yes. saying, yeah, yeah, but what's this difference between white and yellow maize, you know? And the guy, I think it was James Britton at the time, he says to me, no, no, white maize is for human consumption, right? And yes. like, yellow maize is for animal consumption. Yes. And I was like, no, but, uh, you know, where I come from, we eat both. And, <laughs> And then I go in, you know, a few years later, I say to people, no, but yellow maize, you know, this thing, you know, and whatever, that thing, for, that thing is for chickens, you know, that thing is for yeah, yeah. Uh, for animals or whatever. So, so be, yeah. People were very unhappy, man, after I said that. People were very unhappy to say, hey, man, we're Tina, we, we are in the fields the whole year here, and you come and tell us that uh, our production is effectively animal feed, you know.
0: Exactly, and I think people also need to realize that this thing unfortunately gets to be affected by market volatility as well, yes. the pricing thereof. And it only trades up until what time? What, 12 o'clock? Agricultural derivatives?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They trade on... 12 noon, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of these days we must talk about futures and forwards markets um, for things like yellow maize, soya.
0: Even so. orange juice, you know, which gets to be traded on the futures market. Oranges or the juice?
1: Oranges. I must value guys of futures markets because you are now going to make it difficult for us to access the things we need to survive. Markwe, what a pleasure, Baba. Alice top to Sweet. Makwe Masilela, the Chief Investment Officer and founder at Makwe Fund Managers, joining us for our wrap of the top business stories. We're going to take a breather right now, and when we come back, we make sense of uh, yeah, the walkouts or the walkabouts at uh, the Elective Congress of the National Union of Metalworkers.